Good morning and welcome to Morning Cup of Wisdom Podcast. My name is Antoine Howard and the mission of this podcast is to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. Listen, wisdom, truth, and sound doctrine in this day and age is neglected and negated. Is, not might be, not will be, is. But this podcast is built to put itching cream on your ears. Thank you for supporting this podcast and as always, there are three ways to support Number one, in the most important way right now in this season, I need you to pray for me. A lot of things are going on. A lot of weight is being put on me. A lot of pressure is happening right now. Fire that I have to go through, but I'll come out like gold. Keep me in your prayers. Number two, you can support by sharing this podcast with someone you love. And lastly, you can always donate to the podcast. It is not about my gain. It is about the gain of others. So if you would like this podcast to continue in the quality of this podcast to get better, so be it. Donate what you feel led to donate if you feel led to donate. Thank you for your support as always. And I really do appreciate every prayer, every penny and every encouragement that you give me. Let's get started. Father, we need your help. Faith is not an easy thing to walk out, but we know that through you, we can do it all. So, Father, help us to walk out faith and trust in you. In Jesus name. Amen. This podcast is really for me. So. I hope you get something out of it. Listen. In order to really. And truly see the goodness and faithfulness of God you have to go through. You have to go through the trials. You have to go through the tribulations. You have to go through the traumatic effort to get through to the other side. You have to go through. If Abraham never trusted God to leave that city at the appointed time that he left, Abraham wouldn't have been alive. If Abraham didn't listen to God and get up out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham wouldn't have been alive. If Abraham didn't listen to God to sacrifice his son on that freaking rock. We would have not been alive. So. In order to really see the goodness in the fruit of God. You have to go through what I have found out. Is that God will reveal the why after you go through the what. Sometimes you have to go through what he's calling you to go through. The circumstance, the situation, the pain. You have to go through it in order to see why afterwards. Abraham didn't fully understand why he was going to sacrifice his son. But he went up there anyway. He got him ready to be sacrificed. And then God said, hold it. I got a ram for you. Why did he say that? He was testing Abraham's faith. In Genesis chapter 15, it says Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. The belief in God. It is not the law of attraction and believing in manifestation. No, because there's books out there saying the teachings of Abraham. No, Abraham taught us how to have a relationship with God. 
and how to trust in him in spite of what you know, in spite of what you have, in spite of what you feel, in spite of what you see, in spite of what you understand, in spite of what you want to do. You have to trust God with what he has given you to do. So God sent Abraham to that rock to sacrifice his son. And next thing you know, God has something in place for him so he doesn't have to give up the promise that God gave to him. So what does that say about your life, our life? It says that no matter how tough the situation is, no matter how eerie the decision making is in this season, you have to trust God with what he is saying and where he is leading. Because if you don't, you will end up going through unnecessary trials and tribulations that he's going to have to bail you out of if you don't follow him. See, God sets up trials and tribulations and lets things happen in order for you to be aligned with his will. There are certain growth patterns that he brings you through so you can understand how he works. Sometimes you have to go through a season of doubt to understand what it means to doubt so you can understand what it means to have faith. See, God has a lesson plan attached to every season in your life. If someone has died in your family or someone has left your life, he's going to teach you how to deal with grief and mourning and being sad and being depressed and not running to any other God to soothe you, but to run to him because he is the peace that you need. If you are in a season of lack, God is teaching you in that season how to trust in the resources that he has already given you in place of the ones that you want. Sometimes you will be without of car and you're still traveling. Sometimes you'll be without the money to pay for it and you'll still be having food. You'll still be having shelter. You'll still be having clothes on your back. Why? Because God's provision power doesn't work in our mindset. It works outside of it. See, we understand it as if God didn't give me what I asked for, he's not a good God. That's not the case. When God gives you what you asked for, you have to backtrack and say, well, what did he do while I was waiting on what I asked for? He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I don't have to worry about eating. I don't have to worry about travel. I don't have to worry about clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, water in my belly. I don't have to worry about food in my stomach. I don't have to worry about any of that because in the midst of needing provision, God has already provided. In the midst of needing transportation, God has given me a way to get to where I need to go. In the midst of me needing clarity, God has already provided a way to go. And all I have to do is trust him. See, the, the mindset of doubt is not trusting in God. Saying that I don't believe that he's going to do it. And even if he does, was it him? Sometimes our mind gets so skeptical about whether or not God will do what he said he will do or what you asked him to do. And trust me, God heard you. God hears you. God understands your pain. God understands your circumstance. Jesus understands my pain. J-U-M-P. Jesus understands my pain. J Shout out to St. James. That's my home. That's home. We used to do that drill team. Boom, J-U-M-P, yeah, Jesus understands my pain. Like, 
you he he really understands. So what makes me think he doesn't? If he sent his son to live and experience the way we live life and experience life, yet without sin, how is it that I don't think he can understand me? He can understand that I'm lacking in certain seasons. He can understand that I'm needing in certain seasons. He understands that I'm going through pain and suffering. I'm going through trials and tribulations. I may be knocked down, but I'm not cast down. Huh? Not destroyed. Maybe getting beat up, but I ain't getting tore up. Huh? God really wants to highlight his keeping power. His keeping power is keeping you here on earth. You going through a situation right now where you don't know when to take a break. You don't know if you can take a break right now. You don't know what will happen if you decide to step back a little bit and let things work out on their own. You don't know what will happen if you let God take full control over the circumstance that you can't see beyond what you can see. Like you're worried about what your reality is right now so much so that it's debilitating your actions, your thoughts, your emotions so much so that you're numb inside, that you don't feel the way you used to feel, that you don't worship the way you used to worship, that you don't pray the way you used to pray. But God is a good God he will restore all the years that you feel like you lost he will give you everything that you need in the seasons that you need them he will provide exactly what you need how you need it when you need it as long as you trust him that's the name of the game I am in a big season of trusting God I've been added more weight onto my schedule i have to work i have to go to school i'm doing this podcast for the glory of god and it's hard it ain't easy i don't feel good but god is testing my faith the lord led me to a scripture this morning to encourage me as i go oh lord as i go through all these things that he wants me to go through and I'm going to read exactly what it says because I'm not going to paraphrase nothing. It says in James chapter one, verse two through three, my brethren and sister in, I don't know if sister in is a word, but you know what I'm saying. My brothers and sisters count it all joy when you fall into various trials, when you go through various circumstances, when you go through various things. Here it is. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Here's the encouragement. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, that's hard because God lets us go through some things that we do not want to go through. But he encouraged me again today and said, in 1 Peter 5, likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and especially submissive to God um, and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, under yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And he may exalt you that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your cares 
upon him for he cares for you. So all the things that you're worried about, that you're stressed about, that you're crying about, God is saying you have to put that stuff on me. Because I care about you. You worried about someone taking care of the person that you're taking care of. God says, I will take care of it because I care of you. I care about you. God cares about you. I know you don't feel it. I know you don't understand it. I know it's been a while that you felt peace and joy and love and happiness. And it's been a while since you had a genuine laughing moment. But God says that you are cared about. You are loved. There are people around that can give you a hug when you need it. You know what the God, you know what the Holy Ghost sent? The God of Abraham, I can J. Oh, Jesus. My language is off. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know what Jesus sent? Jesus sent two people to give me a hug yesterday. And boy, did I need that hug. It was a person that I haven't seen in a long time. And that I needed that hug. I said that for 20 minutes straight. I said, man, I needed that hug. Whew. Man, I needed that hug. Then I got another hug. I was like, oh, man. Yes, I did. Because this season is not easy to really trust in God and to apply the word that I'm giving you. He's literally making me do what I've been teaching on this podcast, literally right now as we speak. And it's hard. It's not easy. It's not fun. I don't want to do it. But here I am anyway. And it gets easy to consider backing out. To consider putting the reverse thing on and saying, hey, you know what? I'm just just not going to do it. You know, I I don't think this is for me anymore. I don't think that I'm supposed to be doing this. And it wouldn't be faith for you to back out of what you already know God can help you through. It wouldn't be faith to opt into something easier if you know that the only way you're going to get through is God. Like God wants you to have a testimony saying the only way I got through, the only way I got through is gone. God wants you to have a testimony, but you have to be willing to go through. Today's podcast was really going to be on. The provision power of God or in in seeing how he can provide through your faith. And it was also going to be on like talking about the situations of the woman with the issue of blood and how that really pertained to what we should look like in faith. But today ends up being encouragement. To put your trust in God. I have a song that I wrote. I may release it whenever I can or actually start making it whenever I can. But it says my issues are my doubts. And those issues revolve around my past pains. And sometimes I don't know how to get out of this never ending storm and rain. And then I'm talking to God now. I know I have my ups and downs, but you always stick around. 
and I know I have my trust issues, but you prove I can trust in you, so I'll trust you. And you sound crazy to me, but you've been waiting on me to trust you. That's the song. And that song was written in the season of needing to trust the Lord. And that song still applies to my life because it's a song about me. It's a song about my testimony, my relationship with God, like my conversations to him. It's like my issue is my unbelief, my doubt. And that comes from the things that I've been through, the perspectives that I've had, the stuff that I've gone through. And I it's some, I don't know how to get out of it. But I know I have my ups and downs. I know I go through things. I know I, I have my good days and my bad days. But you stick around, Lord, and you're faithful. And I know I have my trust issues in the in the the stuff that is inside of me that is stopping me from truly believing in you, but you prove that I can actually put my trust in you. So I'm just going to do it. And the, what you're prompting me to do, this is the point of the story. This is the point of the song. What you're prompting me to do sounds crazy. What you're telling me to do sounds crazy. How you're making me believe sounds crazy. But all you've been doing the whole time is waiting on me to trust you meaning that yes the circumstance was assigned to my life sometimes the clouds in the storm is assigned to your life to help you to grow at this specific time how do lilies and roses and trees and animals eat and get provision and and have sunlight and water it's because god has a specific time for that region for that season for that place so that his word can go out into the world the way it's supposed to god pro provides and places if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor how much more will he clothe you trusting the provision power the loving power the kindness the gentleness the courage trusting the love that god has in store for you is more than you trusting in your own abilities you have to trust in god because your ability won't get you anywhere god's ability will and I'm not saying that you should back out of having your ability in the play. I'm saying that you can't put your faith in your ability because you can't move mountains. You can't move mountains. You can't make a river in the desert. You can't make a bridge over troubled waters. You can't crack a rock in the middle of the desert and make water come out. You can't do it. Only the power of God can do the impossible. I feel that. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 17 highlights a very, very important story for my life. A very important story. Um, there is a boy that needs a healing from this epilepsy. He falls into water falls into fire because the spirit vexes him to do so. He's suffering from all these things. And this father, the father of this boy brings the boy to the disciples. And the disciples could not heal him. I'm in Matthew 17. I'm in my text. The disciples could not cure him. So, as any customer would, he would go to the manager 
and start talking, saying, hey, I brought this issue to your workers, your servants, your disciples. They couldn't do it for me. What can you do? Because I need your help. And this story is also in, I believe it's in Luke, and it goes into more depth because the man said, I need your help. And Jesus says, if you believe, it can be done for you. The man says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's in Luke, and that is so powerful. Lord, I do believe, Lord Jesus. I do believe. I do believe that you can do it. I do believe that you can make it happen. I do believe that you can move mountains, that you can take down strongholds. I do believe that you can make a way out of no way, make a river in the desert, make a bridge over the troubled waters. I do believe that you could be the balm in Gilead and provide healing when no one else can. I do believe that you can make a way out of no way and do what no one else can do. I do believe that. But Lord, help my unbelief. Help what's in my heart that is causing me not to believe in you. Help me that I may believe in you more, Lord, because that unbelief is tearing up my faith. That unbelief is tearing up my my perspective of you. That unbelief is hurting. So, Lord, I do believe. Help my unbelief. That is so powerful. And then. Before that, now I'm going in back in the Matthew version, Matthew 17. After the man says, I brought them to your disciples, but they couldn't heal them. Jesus turns around and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring the boy here to me. Now, what does that say? That says that. They were living in a generation where people were relying too much on the reality of what they were going through. Meaning that they looked at the circumstance. It was like, dang, well, he just got a medical disease that just it just he just need medicine or he just can't. You just got to do this practical thing, right? Instead of believing in the miracle power of Jesus. Now, sometimes your miracle comes through the practicality of whether or not you will take care of yourself. You can't negate that. If you ain't taking care of your body, don't. Oh. You need to take care of your body. Don't be trying to provoke a miracle and you just have bad stewardship. You need to take care of what you got going on. Now. The boy had a circumstance that needed a miracle. The boy needed a miracle. This wasn't no joke. He needed a miracle. And what God does is he puts miracle workers in the midst of where a miracle is needed. God can put a miracle worker in the midst of where a miracle is needed. But Jesus says something important. He says we're faithless and perverse that means that our mind is twisted in a way to where we cannot act out and do the signs and wonders of god watch this at the end of i believe it's mark it says in these signs shall follow those that believe the casting out of demons the demons and the laying on the hands the laying of hands on the sick and they shall be restored and 
it, these signs shall follow those that believe. If you believe these signs are going to follow you, that's going to be the evidence that you believe. And lately, God has been leading me to pray for people and God has leading me to to pray for people's healings and stuff to work out for them while I yet need a miracle. Oh, Lord, let's talk about this. God has been consulting me about compassion. He said compassion is not the negating of your circumstance. I know you're going through, but it's considering other circumstance before yours. It is not using your circumstance and what your life is going through as the premise of how much you minister to someone else. If you're going through, you still need to minister. If you're going through, you still need to preach. If you're going through, you're still needing a powerful word for someone else. And it's like, well, dang, when is my word going to come? When is my wisdom going to come? Who going to pray for me? Who going to talk to me? Who going to help me? Who going to give me a hug? Because that's when you could get real prideful and resentful. And then you're not humble anymore. And God can't exalt prideful people because you already think you're high. But when you humble yourself and humility is not the negation of you, humility is not thinking less of yourself is thinking of yourself less that is what it means to be selfless so god has really consulted me on that and had me to pray for people and there was this one lady at work she was like you know what i know you believe in god and i need my daughter to have a miracle in her life and i'm standing in in the gap for her and you gonna stand with me she said we're two and three are gathered god is gonna make a miracle happen and we prayed right there in the freaking cafeteria. We prayed right there and said, God, you, we know you to be a miracle worker. And I'm asking that you ease the minds of those that are worried and you make a miracle happen. Provide what you need to provide. Make the calls. Do whatever you need to do. And do you not know the next day she came up to me and she said, God already moving. My daughter is already getting what she needs where she's at. People are making phone calls for her to make sure she has everything that she needs. Job is working now. Place to live is working out. Everything is working out. And it's God is already moving. There's times that I've prayed for older ladies at the at the store and they were going through some medical sicknesses. And there were some guys, I, some guys that I prayed for, too. They were going through medical sicknesses as well. And I've prayed for them. And one lady came back to me. She said, oh, wait a minute. You're that young man that prayed for me that one Sunday. Do you not know that my test that I was worried about came back perfect? I had she had to go and get a test for like some type of disease. And it was like, dog, you don't even got it. So you can't tell me God ain't a good God. God is a miracle worker. While I was yet having arguments about whether or not God is real, God is real because he shows himself to be evident. And when you go through your circumstance, people will see the goodness of the Lord. Jesus says something real, real important. Because the disciples asked, why can't we, why couldn't we, you know, have that? That thing where you you cast it out and it go like, why couldn't we do that? He said, it's because of your unbelief. For surely I said to you. If you have the faith, the size of a mustard seed. 
You will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, that will be another podcast. In a later time. But let's really dive into the faith the size of a mustard seed. God says, all I need is the faith of a size of a mustard. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? It's about as big as a piece of lint. It's so small that you will miss it and think it's some type of dust speckle from a piece of food or something. I don't know, a crumb. It's literally as small as a little kid's booger. That's how small it is. He said, if you had the faith, the size of that. And the Bible gives a few more parables in the mustard seed faith. But if you had the faith, the size of that, you would move this mountain. And really saying, if you trusted in God, at least that much, all you need is a little bit of faith. If you trust in God just that much, the thing that was immovable in your life, the thing that looked impossible to get out of the way in your life, the thing that looked impossible to change, impossible for a way to be made. If you look at that thing and say, God, I believe, I believe, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief, but I do believe that you can move that mountain. You can watch a mountain be moved. I'm so sick of seeing people write down things 700 times and hoping that it happened all you need to do is pray and watch it happen you saying stuff and hoping that it happens you have to pray and watch it happen you're speaking stuff into the atmosphere going to car lots speaking over cars going to uh, neighborhoods speaking over houses if you pray you will watch it happen god will make a way in the desert god will make a way for you to how in the world did the israelites get across the red sea if you look on the the earth and you look at the red sea and you look at the under parts of the the sea there's only one levitated part at the at the red sea look at it when you go home or when you do whatever you need to do you get a free time look on google there's only one part of the red sea that is elevated Everything else is like a few hundred feet or a few thousand feet deep. But the Red Sea has one elevated part and it looks like a bridge from one side to the other. How is it that there was a bridge in the middle of the Red Sea? Didn't God part the Red Sea through Moses? God will make a way out of no way when you believe that he can do it. He can do it. He can do it. My last thing, and I'm going to get on out of here. Mark chapter five holds my favorite story about faith. And I'm going to read it through. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him and in the crowd, she touched his garment. For she said, if I only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I I love that. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed from her affliction. 
And just, just think about that. She came with the thought. She acted. And then the miracle happened. Mm. We're going to unpack this story and we're going to get on out of here. And Jesus immediately knowing himself that the power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who in the heck touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging around you. Pushing you like a paparazzi and you say who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, yes, Lord. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace, be healed and be healed. Of your infliction, affliction. Lord, help me to dissect this text in the amount of time you see fit. Listen. If that woman was the only one with faith, who was the people around her? I want to talk to those who are surrounding themselves with faithless people jesus had a whole crowd of people thronging around him trying to get to him trying to hear from him trying to do all these things it was like a paparazzi around a famous person they were pushing and shoving and trying to get a picture trying to get an autograph but yet there was one woman in there with faith how is it that one woman pulled power out of him and everybody else who was actually touching him who was actually already touching him and trying to get to him and trying in the the disciples were the security. How is it that hundreds of people, thousands of people are around Jesus, around him, but there's only one that went to him? Mm. How is it that there were so many that were surrounding the topic of Jesus, but there was only one that indulged in the topic of Jesus? This makes me think about what does the church look like? What do the body of believers look like? What do believers and Christians and people that claim and name that they are believers in Jesus? What do they look like? Because if you all you do is name and claim and become a bandwagon of a ooh Lord, become a bandwagon believer. And you only on when it's doing good, but when it's doing bad, don't be. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Don't be a bandwagon believer. If you're only on the team because it's doing good, you, I got to challenge your belief. Are you actually believing? If you're only on the team when you're prospering, if you're only on the team when it's winning, if you're only on the team when it's doing well and not when it's going through and not when it's suffering, are you actually on the team? Because through thick and thin, you have to be on this thing through the storm and the rain. You have to be through this thing through the heartaches and the pain, the difficulties, the struggles, the power that comes out of the circumstance is greater than your quitting when the circumstance comes. So I got a question to you. Do you think that you can get through? She heard about you. She ain't seen no miracles. 
ain't heard nothing about this man's preaching. All she did was hear about him. I got a question. If you're surrounded by a bunch of faith, faithless people, who is talking about faith in Jesus? A lot of the miracles happened in the Bible and a lot of the compassion came out of Jesus because people heard about him. People heard about Jesus. Blind men were healed because they heard about Jesus. A lame man started walking again because he heard about Jesus. This woman only heard about Jesus. She heard about his miracle working power. I'm asking you, who's testifying around you about the goodness of the Lord, about sticking through and making it happen? Two people testified to me and told me that they have gone through and went through so many trials and tribulations with education and going through with this school thing and going through with needing things to happen and needing things to be provided. And God was faithful and God was true and God was seeing them through every situation. Who is testing a who is testifying to you about the goodness of the Lord? Because ain't nobody talking about the goodness of the Lord. Then who are you around? There are many people that know that the miracle working of miracle working power of God exists. But do you believe? And if you don't believe, when will you? And if you don't know, when will you? Why don't you? Figured out in the first two episodes of this series. So we're dealing with a lot of who am I around and what am I in consuming of? Because if the the people that I'm around are only giving me doubt, then what am I with them for? I need faith. And then she came with a thought, right? A single thought that if I just touch his clothes, if they say this man is the healer, the deliverer, the freedom that he actually is, if I could just if I do this, I'm going to be healed. If I just pray, it's going to happen. Somebody can come with the thought. It's like, bro, if I literally think that Jesus is the healer, the deliverer, the the way maker that he is. All I have to do is pray and watch him work. Right? That's the thought, that's the type of thought she came with. And she came with this thought and lo and behold, she went with action. Here's the biggest part about faith. If it don't have action, it's dead. It's what James 2 says, 2:17 actually. Faith if it have not action is dead. That means that action without faith is pointless. Oh, Lord. Faith is hope that hope in God that he's going to make it happen, but you don't have any action. You just saying, God, I, you know, I just believe God's going to do it, but you didn't pray. You ain't fasting and praying. Are you even saving up for what you're trying to get? Are you even working or or making it happen? You know, sometimes you have to go buy the laptop before you could afford the laptop and God will come through with the things that you need. Sometimes you have to 
to buy the resources or get the resources or talk to people. Are you even, it's like, I told God when I was a freshman and I should have did it this year and I forgot about it. You know, amnesia happens with, when you believe in, sometimes you forget what God has done and what God can do, but God will remind you what he can do. My freshman year, I told God, bro, I can't even pay for school. I can't, I don't have no money and my parents don't either. Lord, we're going to need you to come through. And then guess what? I started applying for scholarships and scholarships that I wasn't even qualified for. I got scholarships that I didn't even fill out. I got people that I, I lost in the scholarship competition and still received money just because they felt that they needed to give it to me. And I'm like, I, I received more money than what I asked for from one scholarship. More money than not even what I asked for, more money than what I originally received. They said, we got extra money in the account. We got extra money in the account again. We got extra money in the account again. We just going to keep on giving. And did you not know my whole freaking two years was paid for? And I, yeah, I still had to take out loans and I'm going to have to pay out some more. Huh? But God has always provided for that. So why am I worried? So the action comes after the faith, you make the faith step, but God is going to, I believe God to, to provide healing for my body. Okay. My action is I'm going to take my medicine on time. My action is I'm going to start eating better. I'm going to start drinking more water. My action is I'm going to start following the directions that have been given to me. And I'm going to pray over this body every day and wait for my healing. Oh, you want a car? It's like, oh, I believe God is going to provide a car. So my action is I'm going to save up money for a down payment or a payment for a car. I'm going to work and I'm going to do this work and I'm going to do what God say do. And I'm going to save up my money. And God's going to provide. And then, it, okay, I have faith that I can buy meals for people that are in need. Okay, here it is. I buy one meal for one person because one meal can turn into two. If God sees that you're doing it, he's going to, will he not give seed to the sower? The Bible talks about, he will give it seed to the sower. Are you going to sow? Because you have to sow what you have before you get more seed. And what good is it to have so much seed and you not planting? Lord have mercy. This is my dilemma with rich people, because you stock up all this food, you stock up all this seed, you stock up all these tools because I, I view money like a shed, like a tool, like lawnmowers and, and uh, rakes and um, garden hose and all that stuff. Like I view money as those things to plant. Right. You use all those tools to start planting things and making those things happen. What good is it to have a whole bunch of sheds and bragging about the many lawnmowers you have and you ain't cutting no grass? You ain't even giving it to the people who have the business of cutting grass and sowing into others' lives and you you ain't helping them. Because the more resources you have and you got all this money and got all these resources and you stocking up all this stuff and you trying to get all this bank Yet you're not helping nobody. What good is it for you to have all these riches and not be a blessing? God didn't give you extra to keep it for you. He did not give you extra to go to the Gucci website 
and buy the newest line. He did not give you that extra money to go to Saxon Fifth and buy the newest Alexander McQueen's. He did not give you that money to go to the car lot and buy a car that's way outside of your budget. You got to be, Lord have mercy. Thank you, Lord. You have to have faith in God because if you don't have faith in God then what do you have faith in because if you put your trust in God I've never known any other deity to miraculously provide take care of heal make me reflect and then help me to get better I've, I've never known any other deity to do so so why would I serve anything else Today's message was more of an encouragement than anything. God will see you through. That's the message. And when you have faith in him and you have action to support it. And the biggest thing you could do is pray. When you have faith in him and action to support it, God will see you through. All you have to do is believe. So. If you can bow your head, we're going to pray. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us what you have always wanted us to do. Trust in you from the time of Adam and Eve and trusting that we don't need to eat that tree of knowledge of good and evil to right now. When we are trusting you in the midst of our circumstance, you have always wanted us to trust you. So, Lord, build our trust in you. Take us through the fire. Take us through the storm. Take us through the rain. Take us through the heartache and the pain and the difficulties and the struggles so that we may come out like gold. You're testing our faith, but it's going to produce patience. You're helping us to get perseverance in our lives. We don't need to struggle anymore. We just need to strive after you. So, Lord, teach us, Lord, how to be in a relationship with you in Struggle the way you need us to struggle so that we may see your goodness in the end. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to give your life to Jesus, all it takes is answering these three questions. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Do you believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead for your sins? And do you want the power of the Holy Ghost? If you answered yes to all three, Congratulations, you just got saved. And I thank you, and God loves you. Now, I want to leave you with this verse. And he gave me this one this morning, too. So, it says Romans 5 and let me see, 3. There it is. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, O Lord, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. Suffering, tribulations, problems. God gives us something to hope in. We know that tribulations and going through that, it produces us a perseverance. Because if we back out of this situation and try to go into another one without having the fire that we've gained in this season, 
we ain't going to make it in the next one. So you have to go through. And that perseverance will give you character and that character has hope. And now hope does not disappoint. I'm reading on because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. God will take care of you. Just trust and believe. All right. That's enough for this podcast. As always, you can support this podcast by praying for me, sharing with another and donating to this podcast. And until next time, I hope you have a good morning.